Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for coming on today, everybody. Big, big show. John Gruden at the top of the hour. I was just with him this morning. We had a great conversation. I think our best one so far this year. Man, he takes everything seriously in the Chargers. Multiply that times 10. He is ready for this game. A John Gruden interview at the top of the hour and one of the greatest Raiders of all time. Jim Plunkett, he'll join us at the bottom of this hour. How's that for a radio show? That's pretty good to me. John Gruden and Jim Plunkett. You find that on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. My friend uh, Moreland Greenwood, who played linebacker, really good linebacker for the Dolphins and Texans. He's a part of the golf tournament I'm emceeing tomorrow morning real early, very early over at Angel Park for the fan. You can go to jointhefan.com. Come out and see me tomorrow morning. Going to raise a lot of money for charity. Excited about that. So got a golf tournament tomorrow morning and a big show today as we get you ready for Monday Night Football. We're brought to you by PTs, which has the best happy hour in town, period. Five to seven, midnight to two, 60-plus locations. You ever think about that for a second? All the PTs, all the Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick, the SG Bar, by my house. All of these establishments are outstanding. You can go there for lunch, for drinks. If you're a gamer, you'll love it. You'll have a great time there. Stop by any PTs with all the giveaways that they have going on. If you're a Golden Knight fan, They're a proud partner of the Golden Knights, and they fuel my monologue every day this week. This is a big game. They're all big. We've been saying that. Now they're at a point where the Raiders are 3-0. All the national media is now catching up to the Raiders. You notice these power rankings? I wanted to open up the show with the power rankings. A lot of people before the start of the year got me triggered because they, they picked the Raiders to be in fourth place, which is fair. That's their opinion. The Raiders last year came in second place in the AFC West to Kansas City, and they should have swept Kansas City. They beat them handily at Arrowhead, and they had them beat with under a minute 45 to go in that game. What was it, a minute 43, minute 47? Mahomes had to go the length of the field to win in Vegas. And a lot of insiders put together their predictions before the start of the year and vaulted the Chargers up over the Raiders. And I scratched my head, and I go, why are they doing that? That's so disrespectful to the Raiders. Do they not know the Raiders? Do they not know that the Raiders got Yannick Ngakwe off the edge? They got Gus Bradley. They, they drafted this kid, Trevon Merrig. They drafted the Outland Trophy winner on the offensive line, Alex Leatherwood. They got pretty good special teams, A.J. Cole. And Carlson's one of the best kickers out there. Why are they moving the Raiders from second place in the AFC West all the way to last? And I didn't know. I didn't figure it out. I took it really personally because I take it personally when the Raider fans get disrespected. That's kind of what I want my legacy to be whenever it ends here. If it ends tomorrow, five years from now, 20 years from now, I want my legacy to be that I put Raider fans on the radio and I tried to protect the Raider fans and get them on the radio as everybody's kicking them in the groin. I have good days. I have bad days. I might slide into your DMs if you say something horrible. But other than that, I think I do a pretty good job protecting the Raider Nation and the Shield. So this offseason was interesting because everybody disrespected him. 
Now the Raiders are off to a 3-0 start. So I turn on some radio shows that are on TV. I turn on my buddy Stephen A. Smith. I watch a bunch of other shows, and all of a sudden the Raiders, they're in the A block. Well, wait a second. The Raiders are in the A block, the beginning of the show, not the end of the show. The Raiders aren't a punching bag at the end of the show. The Raiders are on the power rankings, and they're number nine, or they're number eight in the power rankings. I go, how the hell did that happen? These are the same flip-floppers who thought the Raiders were trash only a matter of weeks ago. And now Derek Carr is the AFC Offensive Player of the Month. You know, the Raiders are playing well, making big plays. They're playing these flashy Vegas overtime games, and everybody wants a piece of it, don't they? My phone is ringing off the hook, man. My wife told me. My wife told me about a month ago, don't do it. You work too many hours. You do two radio shows a day. You can't get up and do interview after interview on other people's radio shows. I said, no, no, that's what I do. That's part of my job. That's why the Raiders hired me, so I can go on the radio like I did today in Vancouver. And I can go on the radio yesterday like I did in Los Angeles and talk about the Raiders. And now everybody wants to talk about the Raiders. The same frauds who didn't want a Raider on their radio show or TV show want the Raiders now. It all comes around. But I still can't get my head off this Charger love affair. So I got a buddy of mine who's pretty high up in radio. Been doing this almost as long as me. And he told me a secret about how the Chargers are paying their way on radio. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, this is what's happening with us. The Chargers are sending uh, croissants and they're sending gifts, and they're sending T-shirts, and they're sending signed footballs because they want us to talk about them on the radio. I said, really? They're really doing that? Oh, no, they're doing it. Oh, yeah, because I'm the guy who has to go to the front desk and get this stuff. And I said, yeah, because the Charger coach was on that show this week, and the Charger safety was on that show. Now I'm getting it. So the Chargers in Los Angeles are paying their way onto radio and television. Fact, not fiction. In fact, put me on a lie detector. Hook me up to a polygraph. I'll tell, I only tell the truth. I've been known to exaggerate, but I've never lied to you. So the Chargers are paying their way in Los Angeles to get in front of media. How sickening is that? How desperate is that? Because they know that this day, this Monday, was coming, where there'd be a blackout at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles where the Raiders come with 80% capacity at 70,000, their capacity 70,000, Vegas 65,000, and the Raider fans are taking over LA. I was at the Raider facility today. I was talking to a couple of my friends in the sales department and people who were there. They're like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. What do you mean you're going? I gotta stay back. I'm, I'm gonna be at M Resort Casino and Spa. You, you get to go? Because I wanna be at M. I wanna drink and eat and have a good time with all the fans. Everybody's going to LA. Everybody's going to L.A. Everybody's tailgating. Everybody's going. It's a Raider home game, and it will remain a Raider home game for decades to come. I don't think the Chargers are going to remain in L.A. I really don't. I've always thought they'd go back to San Diego. San Diego's got a lot of money, a lot of biotech, a lot of technology. Their real estate is worth as much as any real estate around the world. I always thought the Chargers would go back. This is a train wreck disaster. But the Chargers have one secret weapon to make it work in L.A. One, Justin Herbert, the quarterback. They have a young Troy Aikman. They have a young potential, potential John Elway. They have a player 
that can save that entire franchise and help take over L.A. They do. The Raider Nation will always be L.A. There'll be more fans. And the Rams have a head start over the Chargers. But the Chargers have Justin Herbert, and he's damn good. Patrick Mahomes could have went anywhere. New York, Los Angeles, Seattle, Miami. He ended up in Kansas City. I don't know if that was his first choice. He seems pretty happy there. And now Patrick Mahomes has changed the Chief organization where the Chiefs now have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. Justin Herbert potentially can do that in Los Angeles for the Chargers. He potentially can. He's that good. And the Raiders will face him this Monday. But what I find fascinating about this topic is how come Justin Herbert wasn't the AFC Offensive Player of the Month? No, no, it was Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the AFC Offensive Player of the Month. And Justin Herbert gets more press by the national media. So with all of this happening right now, I want to hear from you before Jim Plunkett at the bottom of the hour, Coach Gruden at the top of the hour. What do you believe is the key to stopping Justin Herbert? Because if you don't stop him, they win the game, no doubt. If he plays great or well, they probably win the game. But how do you stop him? So before you talk about today, I didn't want to talk a lot about the Raiders' offense and what the Raiders do. I want to hone in on Justin Herbert for about a half hour here. Al Davis wanted to see the quarterback go down in the first 15 plays. I don't want to see a dirty play. I don't want to see a dirty hit to the knee. But I'd like to see him go down on his ass. I'd like to see Yannick Ngakwe have his first flash game where he's playing really well. We've seen it from Solomon Thomas. We've seen it from Mad Max Crosby. We've seen it from Carl Nassib already. I like this is a Yannick Ngakwe game where he's got to be a freak. And then the return of Josh Jacobs. Again, we'll get an injury report and update. But Josh being limited at practice but being out there, a couple of the insiders that I talked to said, yeah, he looked good at practice. He's going to be ready to go, but I don't know what the update's going to be there. The Raiders are very guarded, clearly with the status of Josh Jacobs, which they should be. If he's practicing, they got to make us aware of it. they got to do that. And on top of that, if he can go, he's going to go. If, if, if he warms up and he doesn't feel that right, the Raiders have Barber as a backup, Jalen Richard ready to go, and the depth that they have with Kenyon Drake, they should be okay. But this is a big defensive game because the Chargers have a couple of wide receivers that can do damage, and I talked about that with Coach Gruden this morning. If you don't get Keelan Allen, if you don't wrap him, if you don't wrap Mike Williams, like they'll catch, like similar to Renfro, they'll catch like a little eight-yard slant, and if a linebacker misses the tackle, they're gone. And then you got to count on the safeties making a play. Uh, this is the most important game for Trayvon Merrig, who will play center field for the Raiders on defense. He's got to have a great game. He's got to play deep. And then when a the ball comes in front of him, he's got to get to the ball and tackle. He's a ball hawk, but his tackling is going to be key. And Jonathan Abrams got to be careful because Justin Herbert can expose Jonathan Abrams just with his eyes and his legs. You see, Ben Roethlisberger, everybody, you want to get him outside the pocket because he can't move. Patrick Mahomes, you want to keep him in the pocket because when Mahomes gets outside the pocket, he's unbelievable. Justin Herbert's got a little bit of both. If Justin Herbert stays in the pocket, it's trouble. If he has a clean pocket, you're dead. And if he gets outside the pocket, man, he could run. He could run, and he could make throws. He's got all these arm angles. He's really good. I have a lot of respect for Justin Herbert because I think he's a great quarterback. 
And they got they were very fortunate that Miami didn't draft him and took Tua. If Miami would have took Justin Herbert and he would have been gone to Miami, he would have been in the AFC, but we wouldn't have had to deal with him twice a year. And if uh, Her- Tua definitely would have went to the Chargers if Herbert was gone. And he didn't, and Herbert fell to the Chargers, and now the Chargers, I think, are going to have a perennial pro bowler for the next 12 years or maybe more. He's that good. John Gruden from his press conference on the preparation, weird week, extra day off here or there as they prep for Monday night football in L.A. Yeah, it has uh, certainly been a grind. I'll, I'll be honest with you. We, we use this day, this next few days, creatively to buy some time to look at Chicago because we know we play them on a real short turnaround. Uh, later this afternoon, we'll get into the Chargers, and players will be back tomorrow for a little bit of a workout, and the players will have Wednesday off. But we have a lot of preparation to do for the Chargers and obviously uh, getting a little advance work done on the Bears and, and uh, knowing it's going to be a short week. Man, there's a lot to do with the schedule that Coach Gruden's pretty good at. He's really good. He's been coaching so long. He's won a Super Bowl. He understands this. As we started off our interview today, we were kind of just you know shaking our heads at first four, for the first four games of the year. John Gruden and his staff have to get ready with two short weeks. But no one's complaining about playing Monday night football. Kind of screws up the schedule a bit, but you get prime time Monday night. And the Raiders historically have been great on Monday night football, especially early in franchise history. John Gruden on Josh Jacobs and the status as others are getting back to practice. Um, he, he was back at practice. Jalen was back at practice. Teamer. We had some guys back at practice, and we'll see. We'll have to see how it goes in the next few days. I would say it's, it's really questionable, his status right now, but it's good to have everybody back at practice. Yeah, I think that's interesting when you looked at the injury report yesterday. It was nice to see. I remember that injury report that we looked at, Eric Allen and myself, Monday Night Football at Allegiant Stadium. Oh, my God. The inactives and the injuries. Really? This, this, this many guys are hurt week one, and now guys are coming back and playing. You know, you're going to play when you're healthy. You're not going to play if you're injured. In football, it's stupid to take an injury and make it worse. But it's good to see that some guys are getting healthy again. That's nice to see. Coach Gruden talked about the Chargers and their offense, which will be a big challenge. They've had it going on offense for a while, you know, since Herbert showed up. You know, Phillip Rivers had a great run there. They've been a good offensive team, seems like, every year. They've got some weapons outside that can do damage. They have a great creative runner, Eckler. Quarterback's a great player. He's on. A, he's he's really something else to watch. He can throw. He can run. He's smart. He makes good decisions, um, and they have a creative scheme. So it'll be a challenge for us, no doubt. A, a big time challenge. Yeah, this is huge. It's going to be a big challenge here. So I wanted to get to that. Get out to your phone calls if you want to get them in here quick, because we have a packed show with John Gruden, Jim Plunkett, a couple other guests coming up. Lee Sterling's going to pick games against the spread which I'm looking forward to that. So the number 702-365-9200. I set my clock at 2 o'clock today. I will have a bucket of Modellos. Look at the weather. Oh, my God. How lucky are we to live here? What's the temperature right now? Love that on the iPhone, that feature here. Let me get the temperature. Exactly 81 degrees right now. Sunny. You feel a little bit of the breeze coming in now. Uh, Saturday will be a high of 88, Sunday 90. So we're finally getting under 90 into the upper 80s, into the lower 80s. It's going to be fantastic. Next week's a big game. 
So after this game on Monday night, full preparation on a short week for Chicago coming in. And I think all Raider fans should tune in to the Bears this weekend and what they have going on because the Bears are in chaos mode. They're in absolute chaos mode. The coach is about to get fired. If they lose, I think the coach might get fired. Detroit plays at Chicago. Chicago's a three-point favorite in their home, so that's basically a pick game. You get three for being at home. And Detroit's not bad. They got a good new coach, and they're going to win some games. So if Chicago loses on Sunday, Matt Nagy could be fired. That's a trending story that's going on in Chicago. And then Chicago comes in, and we don't know who's going to play quarterback. Is it going to be Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, or Justin Fields? I always thought that Justin Fields would be the quarterback of the Bears by the time they got to Las Vegas and played in this game, but we don't know. We don't know that what's going to happen this weekend. Also, the other big storyline is bigger than the Raiders and Chargers. It's bigger than anything. Tom Brady's returning to Foxborough. That's the biggest story in sports, including the Dodgers and the Giants. Speaking of the Dodgers and Giants, how amazing has this NL West pennant race been? Incredible to see what's happening in baseball. But here we go. We have Tom Brady returning to Foxborough, which I believe is the greatest return of an athlete ever in sports history to where he played. Wayne Gretzky returning to Edmonton. Joe Montana uh, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs and beating the Niners. But when you look at a, a player returning to where he used to play, that means that player is playing on the road, not at home. This, this is big. It's probably about as big as it gets. And it's going to be on Sunday night football which is even going to make it more unique. That's going to even make it more unique. So we have some great games coming up here against the spread as we look at the moving spread for the Raiders. Uh, Raiders opened up a three-point underdog. It got as high as three and a half, and now it's down to three. Caesars Sportsbooks has the Chargers minus three and a half. The line adjusts to three at win bet and at Circa, and the one that I follow the most, the best line in town, the Superbook. At the Westgate, minus three. Total on that game is 51 and a half. Uh, some people betting the game think the game's going to go wildly over the spread. And it could potentially go over the spread because these two quarterbacks could get rolling at any time. And if they get rolling at any time, they could put up big points. The Raiders have to prove in this game that their defense is somewhat for real. As I continue to look at the stats of these two teams, the one that makes me most comfortable is the fact that the Raiders' defensive stats are where they should be. They're at a point where they're respectable. And it's been a long time. It's been a while since the Raiders had respectable numbers when it came to their defense. And now that's the key going forward. Can this team keep their defensive stats at a respectable level so then they can give the ball back to Derek Carr? And Derek Carr can get more possessions. That's really what this is all about. That's what the key is to the Raiders in their fast start in 2021. That's all the difference in the world. As we look at the stats, and I'll get into it a little bit deeper in the show, the Raiders' offense is ranked number one overall in the league. Total offense ranked number one, passing offense ranked number one. They did get 140 rushing yards in that last game. That increased them to 25th overall with their rushing attack. But on the defensive side, it's incredible. The total defense is ranked 14th. The rush defense is ranked 22nd. The pass defense is ranked 13th. And they're ranked 7th overall when it comes to third down deficiency. I like that. 
They're plus one in turnover ratio, which is okay. But both of these teams really struggle with penalties. The Raiders are ranked 29th in the league. That's a bad number. They have 206 penalty yards. Fortunately, the Chargers are dead last, the most penalized team in all of football. They're ranked 32 with 243 yards. Man, what does that tell you about the Chargers? They lead the league in penalties. That is not a good sign for them in L.A. I hope this isn't a flag fest. I hope flags aren't flying all over the place. They did in the fourth quarter in that Miami game, and I was very concerned. Unfortunately, the refs didn't throw flags the entire time, especially in overtime. So for the Raiders, they got to play a clean game because the Chargers have been playing a muddied-up game with all those penalties there. So we open up the show. That's me for 21 minutes. That's all I got. Then I give you Jim Plunkett, I give you John Gruden, and we'll see what you have the rest of the way. 702-365-9200, as we're brought to you by Sam and Ash. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. My personal injury attorneys, if I ever need it, haven't needed it, not would. If I do, they're in my phone, Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234. Give them a call or go to SamandAshLaw.com. Bottom of the hour, Jim Plunkett. Top of the hour, John Gruden. As we open up the show, we'll see you Monday at M Resort Casino and Spa. Try to get there early. We'll be there. I think we hit the air at 3.30 for the pregame show. Uh, The bar should be pretty packed by then. Uh, I think we're on at 3.30, but I'll be there before 3. And there should be some nice surprises. Remy Martin will be there. Modelo will be there with us. We'll have some giveaways. We'll have a good time out there. So that's where we uh, start the weekend here on Friday, and we keep it going all the way through Monday Night Football. When we come back, one of the great Raiders of all time, Jim Plunkett. Uh, Hopefully we hear from you, 702-365-9200. And one of the great quarterback matchups we could see this year. This year in Los Angeles, home of the Super Bowl, where Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, You see that lineup for the Super Bowl halftime show? That's a monster for L.A. JT on a Friday as we're completely focused for Monday on Raider Nation Radio. I hope so. You know, I welcome Raider Nation to... uh the field down there. I, I really I have no idea. You know, some of those Dolphin fans snuck into our stadium last week. Perhaps, perhaps Raider Nation can make can make a stand down in uh, in L.A. We we look forward to seeing the fans, obviously, and it'll be a be a great game as it always is. Great rivalry. It's John Gruden from the press conference and John Gruden's conversation with me from earlier today. Uh, coming up here in about 30 minutes, Jim Plunkett coming up on deck. JT, if you want to get through, we have time to get you on the radio with your prediction of the game and how do you stop Justin Herbert? What's the key? Who's the player on defense that has to have the monster game to slow down Herbert? One player, not the whole team, the player that's got to flash in this game, 702-365-9200. October 1st, never forget October 1st, 2017, 1 October as we referred to it here in Vegas, where we lost so many innocent lives. Four years later, all of the innocent lives that were lost at the concert across the street from Mandalay Bay. 
very emotional thinking about that. I had friends who were affected by that. Fortunately, I had no friend that was shot and killed that night, but I had a friend whose mother-in-law was shot and barely survived and other individuals who were shot that I got to meet over the years. 1 October is a very important day in Las Vegas. It will remain forever. Please think of all those who lost their lives in Vegas on this day four years ago. Uh, let's pick it up and get to Jim Plunkett, kind enough to join us courtesy of Modelo. And, uh, Jim, before we get to the Charger game, I, I know you had such a great time with Coach Flores, but I wanted to start with you. How did you feel when you heard the roar of the crowd from the Raider Nation when they introduced you? Oh, no, actually, you know, it's always a great feeling to be recognized by, you know, the people you played in front of and for over these uh, over these many years. And, you know, it was always a great feeling when you when you have that kind of applause and, and it makes you feel good inside that, that, that they think uh, some of the things that you did was, was pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, the hair on my arm stood up because they were, they were down 14 nothing. And I remember tweeting, we have this Coach Flores celebration. We need to get this place going. Uh, for you, what was it like in the bowels of the stadium with all those gold jackets, your friends, Coach Flores, the family, as former teammates of yours and friends were just talking about life and football before you came out on the field? Uh, yeah, it was great seeing a lot of the former players and, and the guys that I really got to know over the years. You know, guys we sacrificed for each other, you know, throwing a block, making a great catch, uh, you know, uh, making things happen on the football field to help us win. And so these are some of the greatest guys you, you'll ever want to know. Uh, you know, not only do they work hard and prepare each and every week uh, for the upcoming game, for the most part, let <laughs> I me mean, say, we had some wild guys. <laughs> there's no doubt about that, but that made it all the more fun. Uh, but these guys came to play on Sunday, and more often than not, uh, you know, we did. Jim Plunkett's our guest. So, Jim, uh, Derek was named AFC Offensive Player of the Month, and that is pretty impressive when you think of all the quarterbacks in this league, all the great quarterbacks, former MVPs. We've touched on it, but you were live at the game. Raiders trailed, and then Derek, 25 unanswered points. What would you see from the quarterback? Well, I thought calm, uh, calmness, composure, uh, knowing what he had to do, what he had to get done. Uh, some ex- great throw. You know, he's not, a, you know, what, we, you, what, what you would call a guy you can throw on the move, but, you know, he found ways to do that as well when he got hurried out of the pocket or had people miss him and, and get outside and find a receiver down the field. And he was very excellent on the long ball uh, that night, uh, you know, finding or that day, finding his receivers down the football field. Uh, and and uh, those receivers really performed well for, for Derek. Uh, Jim Plunkett's our guest. And, Jim, it felt like it was almost a coming-out party for Henry Ruggs. He had a toe-tap catch, big catches where Derek is now counting on him more. Last year he had COVID and some injuries, and, you know, a lot of people in the media were on him for not living up to the hype of being a 12th pick overall in the draft. Really think he's coming into his own year two. What are you saying? Oh, well, yeah, I, I think so. You know, obviously COVID is going to drag anybody down. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're learning to work together. It's uh, you know, it comes with, uh, you know, spending time at practice, getting to know each other, uh, what happens when you run out of the pocket, where's your receiver going to be. And, you know, uh, and that reminds me of, of uh, Bobby Chandler. He's a guy who mm-hmm. can catch the ball extremely well, but he always was great in the clutch. And, uh, and Ruggs is doing that same kind of play that, uh, that Bobby Chandler did for me. Jim, you played in uh, some pretty memorable overtime games with that one went the length of overtime. The Raiders have had only two home games this year, both overtimes, and that's a long one. How does that affect your conditioning, 
uh, the treatment you get the following week. They played an extra quarter in the game, but they get the extra day off this week because they have Monday night football. Yeah, in that regard, it all evens out because uh, you get mm-hmm. a little more rest. But, you know, I think the guys are so hyped up. Uh, you know, they're conditioned to go the distance, and if it takes a little more than that, uh, you know, I think they're they're uh, ready and willing to go. And I think the excitement uh, of coming away with a win, uh, you know, you somehow seem to be less tired. Jim Plunka joins us courtesy of Modelo. So, Jim, your rivalry moments. Big win on the way to a Super Bowl in San Diego. Uh, you look at the history of that rivalry. These are some gentlemen that turned out on the other side being good friends, friends of yours that you knew from back in the day with your Pac-10 days, Pac-8, Pac-12 now. Uh, the relationship, a short trip when you played for the Raiders down to San Diego. Forget about L.A. What are some of your fondest memories of playing the Chargers? It was always exciting because, uh, you know, they had Dan Fouts and that tremendous offensive unit with the, the receivers that they had. Uh, you know, they scored on everybody and uh, – you know, we were no exception. So, you know, mm-hmm. going into the game, uh, we had to come up with big plays, put points on the board. That was the only way we were going to beat the Chargers in those days because uh, they were an explosive, very explosive football team. And, uh, you know, defensively, fortunately, they weren't quite as good on defense as they were on offense. And it gave other teams an opportunity to be able to put points on the board because that's the only mm-hmm. way you were going to combat uh, Dan Fouts and company. Uh, Jim, I couldn't wait to ask you all week about Justin Herbert for your great legacy up at Stanford and knowing he went to Oregon and quarterbacks know each other over the years. Have you met him? Uh, I've seen, you've seen him play in the pros and in college. He's a heck of a young quarterback. What do you see with his talent and upside? Well, you know, he's mobile. He can get out of trouble. He can find his receivers. He's got a fairly quick release, and that always helps, especially in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I'm seeing him grow each and every game, and, uh, you know, that's something you want to see. As a matter of fact, we play Oregon this weekend here at home tomorrow, so uh, a little, you know, similarity there. But, uh, you, know, he's, you know, he's a fine young man. I think they're surrounding him with good talent uh, that, you know, is going to help him be a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jim. It was great seeing you again. I mean, every time I see it, it's a big event. It's a Coach Flores event, and now Charles is going to come into town in a couple of weeks, and I know I'll see you out at Allegiant Stadium for a bunch of games. Thanks for joining us every Friday. Always looking forward to it. Thank you. You got it. You got it. Jim Plunkett, great that we have him. Q has him early in the week, and we get him here at the end of the week. And let me say something as I'm in my home studio and I'm wearing a Ken Stabler T-shirt. Right? You look at the greatest Raider quarterbacks of all time. Jim Plunkett is the one that's won two Super Bowls and the Super Bowl MVP. So it's a high honor for me to interview him. High honor. And I'm sitting there. I had my cousin and one of my best friends who was in my wedding at the game. And I think I told the story earlier in the week when Coach Flores' presentation went on at halftime. I wanted my cousin and my buddy Tom to see this. So I said, let's go back to the seats and sit down, and there was a mob scene at the Twitch lounge where I'm in. I'm sure it was at the other lounges. And I made it clear. I go, no, we got to get out of this lounge. you got to watch this. This is what the Raiders are about. Anybody can get a drink. You can get a cocktail in five minutes, ten minutes, relax. So we went back, and we stood up against the curtains and watched it. And David Baker opened it up, and, you know, there's eight gold jackets, and Tom Flores makes nine. And I saw Jim Plunkett behind David Baker, and I said, this is going to be big. I kind of hit my cousin in the arm, I said, watch this. And they introduced Jim Plunkett. And the roar of that crowd was electric. It was incredible that the crowd got that big and that hyped up. As the Raiders, remember, were trailing at that point, the safety by Casey Hayward got the Raiders on the board. They scored 29 
uh, 25, excuse me, unanswered. So it was just fabulous, fabulous to see that crowd respect Jim Plunkett. Raider fans from the 400 section all the way down to the Champions Club gave Jim Plunkett a standing ovation. The way that Jim has handled his role with Tom Flores in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and at Allegiant Stadium for his ring ceremony, it shows the class of Jim Plunkett. Oh, my God. I mean, Plunkett's like, yes, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Whatever you need me to do. So very impressive along the way. Love talking to him. John Gruden at the top of the hour, our interview that we have here every week. And another gentleman I'm looking forward to talking to who I haven't interviewed before, Marlon Greenwood, former linebacker, is going to join us. He's from Kingston, Jamaica. And he went to Syracuse, and he played high school football in Long Island, where I'm from. And he's going to be a part of this golf tournament that I'm helping out. Uh, Next week is the Simon Keith Foundation golf tournament, which I'm the MC of. And Simon Keith is the first professional athlete to have a heart transplant. He was the first. And he's legendary in this town. Everybody in Vegas knows Simon Keith. And we'll have him on the show next week. And uh, next Friday I'll be off MCing his tournament. And then uh, we'll get ready for that big game against the Chicago Bears. Also that weekend is going to be big for us out here because we have the heavyweight championship of the world. We have Tyson Fury going up against Deontay Wilder. So that's going to be a week from Saturday. Oh, my God, how great is that going to be? I think tickets are still on sale at T-Mobile. Uh, many people come to me and often say, JT, what's it like to go to a fight, a heavyweight fight? Floyd put on some great fights, and so did Pacquiao, but there's nothing like the heavyweights. If you live in Vegas or you're from out of town and you've never been to a heavyweight fight, whatever it costs to get in, just buy a ticket. Put some money aside and do it because this is a big deal. It'll be at T-Mobile. It's the trilogy for this. There's been two very good fights, very dramatic fights with knockouts, and Fury seems to own Wilder, and Wilder's been training for this. This is the last stand for Deontay Wilder, who wanted to be the heavyweight champion for many years to come, but he's running into his nemesis here in Tyson Fury. So no doubt about that. we got a lot happening here in Vegas in the next couple of weeks. I want to thank my good friends at Remy Martin. As we said, team up for excellence. We'll be with Remy Martin tonight at Lavo. For a big event, we love Remy Martin and love the partnership we have with him on the radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, John Gruden will join us. I'll dive into not only the safety by Casey Hayward, the punter, A.J. Cole. Uh, John earlier today told me a lot about Justin Herbert and what they have to do to slow him down. And the return of Gus Bradley. Can Gus Bradley have this defense ready to rock and play a complete game? An absolute complete game they have to play here. Can't fall behind 14-0 in Los Angeles to Justin Herbert. You you can fall behind to Jacoby Brissett, 14-0. You can't do that with Justin Herbert. So Raider fans, get ready, and please come out to M Resort Casino and Spa on Monday. Join Eric Allen and I for the pregame show right outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Uh, it always means something nice, um, but like I've said all along, it's you know, after three weeks. I mean, it's thanks, you know, like it's a thumbs up, like cool, you know, appreciate it. It'll be it'll be cooler for my kids someday than it is for me. Um, 
but you're all, I'm always thankful. Like I hope me putting that stuff off isn't like a diss at any of that. I'm thankful for it, but at this point, it doesn't mean much. Do they send you something or like get like a certificate or at least? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You get an Instagram post. Yeah. Good job, buddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's about it, I think. JT, as we continue on Raider Nation Radio on Friday, told you I'm playing in a big golf tournament tomorrow for the fan. I'll find out about it at the website jointhefan.com to help me promote it. Former NFL linebacker. Moreland Greenwood is kind enough to join us. What a backstory. What a career. Moreland, thanks for doing this. I hope you're having a good Friday. How are you? Oh, man, I'm having a great Friday, man. Uh, thanks for having me on and looking forward to playing the, in that golf tournament tomorrow, the Super Bowl golf with, uh, hosted by the fans. Yes, it's going to be a great turnout. Give our listeners your backstory from Kingston, Jamaica. You played high school in Freeport. I'm from Massapequa, two towns over, and then you went to Syracuse. Talk about your early years and how you found football. Oh, yeah. You know, come from Jamaica, I played soccer. I came to the States when I was 11. I lived in Freeport, Long Island. Uh, didn't start playing football until my junior year in high school. My gym teacher, who got me into wrestling my sophomore year, introduced me to football my junior year. And after my first year playing, football. I got a full scholarship to Syracuse University. I went up there, started 48 consecutive games, got drafted by the Miami Dolphins, started for the Dolphins for four years, and then signed with the Houston Texans, started with them for four years, and also played in the UFL for three years as well. So um, it definitely was a a great experience and a great career. Football gave me an opportunity to help my family, and I'm just uh, excited about giving back through the Marlin Greenland Foundation and the NFL alumni. Yeah, this is really cool. So you're a soccer player in Jamaica. How did you fall in love with football? Because I'm assuming every former soccer player I talk to still lo- still loves soccer. It's the biggest sport around the world. How did you make that transition? Was it a coach in high school, or did you also want to think about playing soccer? How did you? How they find your supreme talent as a football player? Oh, so uh, I was fortunate to have a gym teacher by the name of Russ Sellen uh, that got me into wrestling. One time we were in gym mm-hmm. class playing this game called King of the Mets uh, in uh, my freshman year. And he saw how fast I picked it up. You know, I pinned everybody. I, I won that King of the Mets three times, and he asked me to come out for wrestling. And I told him that, you know, I don't think I was big enough to jump off the ropes. And he was like, it's not WWF. This is, this is Olympic scholastic-style wrestling because coming from Jamaica, I was, just, I was watching Hulk Hogan and all those guys, so I didn't know much about it. But uh, he saw how fast I picked up wrestling. I took fourth in the county my sophomore year, and then he recruited me for football. It took him one month to convince me because I didn't know um, anything about football. I didn't really care to watch it. I always wonder why the guy is always running up in the middle, why he just don't run around the side. And uh, so uh, I was very thankful that he took that time to convince me. And he said, Marlon, football starts two weeks before soccer. If you like it, if you don't like it, go back to soccer. And I guess what? I guess I like this. I, you know what? I like the contact. You know, yeah. I, I like the contact. I like the structure of it. And uh, I thought that I, I had to close off the coach selling because it was basically his persistence that uh, got me to play football. 
Merlin Greenwood, former linebacker in the NFL, helping out with the fan golf tournament that I'll be emceeing tomorrow morning at Angel Park at 7 in the morning. We're getting out there early. Jointhefan.com. I've been telling you all week, please check out the website. I'm involved with this company. I really believe all the Raider fans listening will love this. Jointhefan.com. When you came to the Dolphins in the 2001 draft, you're a tackling machine. That 2004 season, you had 108 tackles for the Dolphins. And I remember you signed a nice free agent five-year contract with Houston. Why did you leave the Dolphins to go to Houston? Why didn't Miami keep you? Because you were one of their better players and one of their better tacklers. Well, you know, that's the thing with uh, free agency. Um, mm-hmm. Because you kind of go to where the opportunity is the best for you. And my, sure. my, uh, my entire career, my goal was to help my family. I have seven brothers and four sisters. And... Uh, so I had a chance to go out there and shop the market and, and see who would give me the best deal. And my agent was like saying that uh, he he would highly recommend that I go to Houston. So I went to Houston, and, and they didn't want me to leave <laughs> once I got yeah. there. It was like they had, they had me in a hotel, had me stay over there overnight, and uh, then the next day they signed me to, a, to an extension. So not to, to, a, to the contract, so. I was very, very thankful and very fortunate for that. I was sad to leave Miami. I enjoyed playing in Miami. They were the team that drafted me. Um, and I, I always have allegiance to, to Miami because yeah. they brought me to the NFL. Um, but uh, I also had a great time in Houston as well. And they gave me a chance to have that contract so I could help my family, which I'm very appreciative of. Marlon Greenwood, as we wrap it up, give me a Raiders story. I know there was a brief story with the Raiders, the history of the Raiders with Al Davis, now the Raiders being in Vegas. Give me your connection to the Silver and Black and what you think's going on right now as the Raiders are 3-0 and playing Monday night football in L.A. against the Chargers. Yeah, so a uh, brief story. Um, when I was a free agent in uh, 2009, you know, there was uh, a few linebackers that, that went down, and I came halfway through camp, and I went there, and I played well. I was, I was a pretty smart player, able to pick up on the defense uh, pretty fast. But the guys that were playing there, you know, going through training camp, they were they were, they were injured. They were injured. And as soon as uh, it came time for opening day, everybody was healthy again. <laughs> Funny how that works. But, uh, but um, so there was a really need for my services. And, and that was my experience with the Raiders. I wish I would have been able to uh, uh, finish up my, my career there. And then I, I went over to the UFL. But I'm very excited about what the Raiders are doing. I think uh, if they continue to play the way they're playing, with the way the offense is playing and the defense is playing, and also having the confidence uh, of being able to hang in there with different teams and not really losing that momentum, I think they will do great. I think David Carr is doing well. He's doing, being a great leader, and they have a good supporting staff around him, and I think the defense is playing a lot better than um, they played uh, last year. And they just have to continue to build upon that. Uh, mm. As a matter of fact, I think I've seen one of my former coaches uh, on the sideline, uh, Rick Rick Smith. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's a linebacker coach. I think. Yes, he is. Uh, our, uh, yeah, and I was like, isn't that Rick? Uh, it's, it's funny, you know, so I have to connect with him as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, I definitely... Um, uh, looking forward to Raiders having a good year, and they've proven uh, so far that they can hang with the good teams. And it's just basically knowing that the, the season is a marathon. Mm. There's an extra game this year, 17 right. games. So, so they have to go, and it's only going to get tougher. You 
you know, because as you get throughout throughout the end of the year, teams kind of know what you're running, know uh, getting used to the different players. There's a lot of tape out there for people to game plan you. So um, each week is going to get tougher. It's not going to get easier. Moreland, I look forward to meeting you tomorrow and seeing you with our Long Island connection. We'll talk about Syracuse, Jim Brown, the Raiders, everything you did. And, again, uh, jointhefan.com to be a part of the Fan Action Nation. This is a big deal. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow. Thanks for making time for us on this Friday. You know, thank you for having me. And one thing about Massapequa, my, my coach that brought me into football is from Massapequa. Even though he coached at Freeport, but he lives in Massapequa. Uh, so I just wanted you to let you know that, uh, Coach uh, Russ Allen. Um, Look forward so to it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And uh, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. You got it. There he is, Marlon Greenwood, who had a really nice career with the Dolphins and Texans. He had 682 tackles in his career, seven sacks, was a damn good linebacker for Miami and the Houston Texans. Now he lives here, and he's a part of the fan action nation like I am. Um, This is our house, our voice, jointhefan.com. If you're interested in golf, just come out tomorrow either way and meet some of the celebrities who are going to be there. And be a part of this. We'll be at Angel Park at 7 in the morning, teeing off. Come out early, get a Bloody Mary, hang out, and join the fan.com. JT, Coach Gruden interview coming up next. John Gruden joins us next. <laughs> 